Welcome to this next episode of the Beloved Miracles Couples Project. Today, I'm reaching from Norway to Broomfield, Colorado, USA. Hello, Don. Hello, Timothy. How are you, sir? Doing great. Let me do a brief introduction of you. Don started in the book publishing industry 33 years ago and now uses the skills of social media to help others escape from the cubicle workstation. So Don, AKA the book Kahuna, where does your story begin? Well, Timothy, let's see. My story begins about, oh, 30 some odd years ago when I was a um, undergrad student. And I decided that um, I didn't really have a focus of where I want, wanted a, my career to go when I got out of school. and. I said, you know, I've heard that the publishing industry, you get into the publishing industry and they actually teach you all the skills that you need. It's kind of an apprenticeship as you're going through. And so when I, when I graduated from school in 1984, I, I just started working in Manhattan, uh, very low level, um, worked my way up the ladder from one company to another. And along the way, I found out that the publishing industry has this one little thing about it that not too many people know. It's, it's a glamour industry. It's the media. But um, whenever things go wrong with sales, uh, they decide to cut you out. So the first time I got cut out, I, I ended up actually getting another job like two weeks later. This was in like 1991. And then I, and I worked, I got a job at McGraw Hill, McGraw Hill companies doing uh, professional in their professional and reference division. And that lasted for six years. And then I, we weren't using computers. And I said, I'm working in a publishing company and I'm doing books on C++ and things like that. And we're not using computers to, to send our orders through to our printers, you know, to our compositors. We're just not, you know, up to date. And this is 1996. So I, I, I decided, I think I need to make a change. Made a change, went to another company, was there for two years, got laid off. Okay. Started working at Random House. Okay. Another big company. A week after I started working at Random House, they were sold to Bertelsmann. Now, I was in a very small division, and we were always being either absorbed into another division of Random House, where everyone would lose their jobs anyway, or just discontinued. It was like the value bargain brand of, of like Random House. So that's when I got a job in. Colorado and I moved out to Colorado for the first time okay but once I was in Colorado again I got laid off and I started my own company where I was helping small to medium-sized um, companies with their print functions I was doing all of the negotiations with overseas vendors four color one color in the US and that went well for a couple of years 
until the one company that was starting to take up more and more of my time decided that they needed the function brought in house. Mm. And I had, I had stopped marketing and that kind of put a real crimp in what I was doing because I had no backup plan for cash flow. So I actually ended up packing up my whole apartment and moving back to New York and lived in my mom's basement pretty much for a year and a half while I was trying to get back into the publishing industry. And lo and behold, I worked in a factory. Uh, this is like 2003, 2004. And meanwhile, I was like doing um, uh, consulting work with some publishing companies and just trying to get back into the industry itself. And I ended up getting a job that was the perfect job for me, okay? Always loved history, uh, got my, my undergraduate degree in European history, and I became the production director for a company that did um, multi-volume uh, military history, um, kind of like this. Actually, this is one of them, right? Yeah. yeah. Doing all, all this kind of stuff, Cold War, World War II, World War One. Um, it was perfect. I stayed there for nine years. And, you know, at the, while I was working there, I actually, um, met the woman who I sent you the one picture, um, who became my fiance. And this kind of all fits in with, you know, where you're going with couples. And, um, now my story about my, um, significant other unfortunately does not really have a happy ending but it but in a sense it does because i'm taking everything and moving forward to do the things that she would want me to do so let me go back again and and just say so i'm working at this company i'm working on the books that i love um and the company itself decides we're going to buy a bigger company Okay, so the small company, which was my company, buys a bigger company, which triples the size of the amount of books that we're doing. Okay. So at that point in time, I said, you know what? I think I need to really upgrade my skills. And I talked to my fiance about it and she said, you know, I think I think you have the right idea. I think you should. You know, you want to learn about a digital, whatever's happening in the publishing industry right now, then you need to go back to school. So I applied and got into um, the master's in publishing science program at Pace University in New York City, which has, you know, the oldest publishing program in Manhattan. And they had just initiated an online program two years before. So... Mm -hmm. I stayed in Colorado and did my master's program via internet from New York, you know, going through, uh, you know, a university in New York. Now, the part of the story where I always like to um, let people know a little bit more about me and who I am, when I was an undergrad, um, I kind of really didn't do that well. I partied a lot. Okay. Um, I, you know, and it's, it was, uh, well, the first couple of years I partied a lot. And then, um, unfortunately, my dad passed away when I was a sophomore. And 
that really like threw a monkey wrench into everything. And I, you know, I, I've written blog posts about this and, um, you know, my, I actually had to call my mom on the phone and say, I have to stay in school for an extra year because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make the credit load that I needed, but I couldn't because I was, I was dealing with so much grief at the time that I just could not do anything else and anything more than what I was doing. Um, so I, I, she was really angry with me. Um, and I, I came out with a very low, um, uh, Cume. I came out with like a 2.47 in my undergrad. In in my major area, I did very well. You know, and I have a minor in English Lit as well. But in all the other courses that I had to take to like fill in, you know, I was just like whatever. You know, I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't really apply myself like I should have. So when I was talking to my fiance about doing this with the the master's program. I said, you know, if I do this, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not leaving anything on the table. I said, I'm, I'm doing this because I did not produce when I was an undergrad. And I am going to make sure that academically, you know, people will realize that, you know, I can really, you know, put out what I need to put out when I'm put into the challenge mode. So, so here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of putting two companies together, okay? Company was in Westport, Connecticut. It was, uh, um, it was Prager and uh, Libraries Unlimited, you know, we're throwing them all together. I'm the production director. I have to make sure that everything happens so that we keep our revenue stream afloat and keep the company alive. And in the meantime, I start going to school. Okay. And then we have the biggest project in the history of the company, which was a, a, a 4 million word. Okay. 4,000 uh, articles, 2,000, you know, pictures, graphs, charts, maps, 21 volume set. They've never done anything of this size before. And it's not the owner's project. And so the woman who is actually the president of the, the company doesn't really want this particular project to come out and succeed. So instead of like giving us a database to use so we could like keep, keep track of everything, um, we had to use Excel spreadsheets for that, that much stuff. Okay. And I said, I said, okay, you know what? We're getting this done. So I started having weekly meetings. I started assigning things to people. I wanted, I wanted updates. I wanted things put on a schedule that was going to be met. Okay. And, um, in, for, there were a lot of consultants working on this. Okay. And when you have a lot of consultants working on things, you know, on an hourly basis, they don't want things to end. You know what I mean? So they're not, they're not like really sabotaging the project, but, they might be like looking for other avenues that like might, you know, be um, a better way to, you know, show something. Okay. So we had to like kind of rein people in and, and focus them on where we needed to go to get this project done. Okay. Okay. So we've got big project. We've got putting two companies together 
and we've got going back to school, okay, all at the same time. Um, and meanwhile, keeping a relationship going with somebody that I proposed to who's going to marry me, all right? Then what happens is that the next element gets thrown in where my fiance starts to get very sick and um, we don't know what's going on and, 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 and things are just like just out of control and she goes into the emergency room and she's in the hospital for a week and while they're running tests on her, um, they find out that um, she had a fatty liver and it had progressed to um, advanced liver disease. And they told her that um, you, you're, you need a transplant. You, you need to, you, 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 within the next five years, you need a transplant or there is no or. So we're, we're dealing with that. And what ended up happening with that was actually, she got on the transplant list in 2011. Okay. So everything was cool with that. So we're, we're good. And so then the other thing was I got the, I got the biggest project in the history of the company out in 2011. <laughs> See kind of synchronicity there. Okay. Nobody thought it could happen, but it was in development and production for eight years and I got it done. So that was that done. The two companies got merged together. Okay. The first year we kept the revenue stream alive. We did we did 72 titles the year before. We did 642 the next year, okay, my department put out. So that kept everything going as well. As far as school, I graduated today, five years ago, okay, 2012, and my um, grade point average was 3.86. So... That is the story that is that part of the story. Unfortunately, um, and one of the pictures is, is the picture of us at our um, dinner that night when, when I got my degree mm -hmm. uh, at my favorite restaurant in New York City that I always used to go to. And, but unfortunately, um, Sue passed in um, 2014 on May 21st. So um, I do things uh, in memory of her. Uh, I think about her. Um, she's my why. She's my why of why I'm doing everything with with EN and, and like trying to build my business and get it to a point where I can take people and, and get them into a social media platform and let them build it and start to get leads and start to get sales themselves because I want to do things to, to, to help the causes that she loved. Um, she volunteered at a, a no kill cat shelter for 14 years. So I, I give money to them and I want to help people who need, you know, organs and, and tissue. I want to, I want to try and help people, you know, I, I do the, 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 uh, run for life every year here in Denver, um, you know, for donate life. And, um, you know, I don't want anybody to have to, you know, go through what, like I'm living with, you know, day in and day out. She was only 43 years old. So it's, um, you know, uh, it's something that, um, 
it will it, it's a challenge um i've pretty much gone through all of the aspects of grief um and now i'm i'm totally focused on what i need to do so that um she would be proud of me um you know when i see her again so that's that's a that's a lot of my story like right there Wow, Don, like, thank you, number one, to be willing to share and, and to, to help us understand it in the context that you did, as well as the vision that you have of what lives on, what continues on, and, and what, you're, what you're contributing to in terms of service to others as well. If I could take a step back, the, this question of a system, you know, where did you, and it's in the book publishing area, right? You did the spreadsheet, like, like that was a simple system. But in the, in the larger sense of where we are 2017 with the internet as a system and all the rest, where in your storyline would you say systems started being more how you got done what you were doing in the book industry, especially with the transition, right? Because this is such, a, this is such an amazing time for publish, uh, published media to start going more and more and more digital, right? And I can just hear it in your timeline of company to company to company and even in that one big project. That it was it was a it was literally a spreadsheet you said which held that thing together and got it done some eight years oh, later you said yeah it, it went through research and development for for eight years and then we had to like make sure that we were checking spreadsheets maybe not not just one of them but like to make sure that all the articles were there all the maps were there everything had to be like checked and checked off and okay we've got these all these and you know. Meanwhile, if we had a database to use, it would have been like really easy. But now, before we went on camera, you held up one of these books off your shelf there. Could you do that again real quick just so people have a sense of what you're, what you're referring to, like a project of a volume, and that's only one of how, like how many books would be in a series like that? Um, this, this one actually was um, a five-volume set. Yeah. And they're and all – you know, like, I think this was actually, we used to do a student's version and we used to do an academic version. And this was like the student's version that we did at one point. So I don't know if you can see very much of what, what it is, but, and they were, they were designed completely differently. Um, so there's that one. Um, got another one down here, American Revolutionary War. Hmm. Wow. I mean, just to imagine the research, the documentation, and as you mentioned, the coordination, right? You have to bring all those parts and pieces together in a way that winds up being something that can go to the publisher and comes out on the printed page. Right. So system-wise, from, from start to finish, um, you're always going through um, like checks and, and balances of every different aspect you know, okay, you're going through composition. Okay, where are our pages? Who's proofreading? Um, you're you're in the um, manuscript phase. Okay, we're sending the the files out for copy editing. Okay, where are they now? Who's going to be copy editing? Who's checking the copy editing? Do we have the author checking the copy editing? Um, is the author making changes? Does the author have um, the ability to use their computer to like check the copy edited manuscript? Um, do we have to send them, you know, uh, marked up pages? It's, it's all these different things that you have to keep in mind. 
going through, then you're checking the quality of the of the of the pictures, or actually they're called halftones. But you're looking at the halftones, making sure that they're not they're not uh, there's no um, you know uh, 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 they're not they they're coming out correctly when they're printed, you know on on the page proofs. Um, there's always things that can happen in any aspect, but you've always got to be on top of it and looking. And I always used to say that the publishing industry, especially in the production director's seat, is um, like Murphy's Law times 10. Because whatever's going to happen, it's going to go wrong, but it's going to go wrong like 10 times worse than like whatever you you know think was going to happen. And I'll give you a good example of that if you got a minute. Okay. When yeah. I was I, when I was working for Perseus Books Group out here, I was um, production manager for Basic Books, and we were doing a a book on the 2000 election, and it was by a um, Washington Post uh, columnist. His name is uh, Dana Milbank, and he went. It was called uh, Smash Mouth on the Road with George Bush and and Al Gore, and he actually went on the road with both both campaigns. And what happened was he at the end decided that he was not going to supply us with the last chapter until the election was decided. Okay. So we send the book to press and we tell the printer, we're going to be sending another chapter, you know, based on who wins the election. Okay. And we send it at the end of October of 2000. Now, you know what happened with the 2000 election? Right, right. It dragged out and dragged, dragged out, dragged out because of Florida and the hanging chads and people like looking through microscopes to see. Right. Well, what we couldn't do anything. Okay, we're just sitting there like freaking out because we've got this book. We've got one of the first books on the election. We wanted to have it done like right away. It was going to be out like in December, you know, like right, right before you know inauguration day. And now we're just sitting there because we can't do anything. Finally, December 12th comes around and they stopped the recount. And that was it. Bush is president. Boom. So we get we get the new chapter in. We send it out. We have it composed. You know, okay, we get the page proofs out. We send it out to the author. He does his thing, right? And then we send that into the printer and we got two sets of blues so they could check on their end we could check on our end right don't you know we had that book in the warehouse by december 28th whoa we still made it in before the end of 2000 on a book that should never have even you know but that's the thing you always have to it's flexibility and thinking on your feet and always coming up with a different idea i had another one where we had to get this done, and this was in like 1999. So, if you if you uh, you know you know like um, a lot of like you know you know an FTP site, yeah, you know, file file transfer protocol. Well, mm -hmm. it was like I we we were using a, a, an FTP site that the printer had set up, and we were sending files to the printer, and we had we had a book that was on such a rush schedule that we couldn't have like a two day turnaround of them sending us proofs and then sending them back. So I said, well, 
you know, we're sending things through this thing. Like, why don't they send something and we pull it off and print it out? Okay. And no one had ever thought about that. It's like, yeah. we're sending things their way. Why don't they send something our way? And we take it from, our, and, and that's what we did. We did like a reverse, what I called it at the time, a reverse FTP, you know, because we're talking, listen, like this is 1999. This is all like, you know, Star Trek stuff to us. And we pull this, these proofs off, check them, make sure they're okay, give them the okay. And then if there were any corrections, we sent it back. Boom, we got the book done on time. Fantastic. So it's, all, it's always about, you know, you come up with a different idea and, and you're thinking out of the box. And, you know, I always like to say, nah, you know, it's not thinking out of the box. It's like you jump out of the box and you kick it down the street. You know, that's how, that's how publishing works. Nice, nice. I mean, you know, when listening to you earlier, the coordination of all this almost gave me the images of like a train station, better yet, like a Chicago whole air uh, international airport, right? With just in as an out, and someone needs to manage this, right? And yet now what you described to me is not just a system, but it's like systems overlapping systems, overlapping systems. It seems like, and then the innovation that you just infused into solving a problem by coming up with a outside of the box, uh, right? Without any box uh, way of thinking is really powerful. Impl implementing of systems, but going beyond them as well, right? Something like that. Right. But, but you know, that's, that was the fun part. It's like, you, you, you know, you, it's, it's like going to work each day. You never know what's going to happen. And, you know, you, you can just have fun with it because you can always like try and, oh, there was the one. We we did a book on um, oh what was the book on it was it was like on um, defensive, um, or like defensive weaponry or something like that because we were doing all these little stand standalone titles too, and there was a Chinese um, satellite that was that was you know radioactive okay, and it was starting to it was starting to enter the atmosphere okay. And they were afraid that it was going to land on on land, okay. And if if like if it hit the Pacific or something, that's fine, not great, but it's but it's better than if it lands on land and you got all this radioactive material all over the place when it when it blows up. So what they did was, um, one of the U.S. destroyers, I think it was the Vincennes, um, actually fired a missile. And took it out as it was coming in, coming into the atmosphere, and I and this was back in like 2007, and I I said, and I actually added this into the book as a, as I I wrote it and put it into this book on on defensive um, you know weapon systems because it showed that Star Wars actually works. Okay, it was it was like one of those things where okay we got to take care of this problem. We got to knock this thing out, and we got missiles that can do it. So let's target this thing and take it out. And they did. So I was like, "Wow, that that actually shows that we can do this kind of stuff." So, yeah. So yeah. it's like one, or another another interesting one was, and this this one was great. I'm doing a book on uh, hurricanes. Okay. You know where I'm going with this. This is 2005. I'm doing a book on hurricanes, and uh, I'm working with the author, 
and the author's great and he's down and at temple university and, and you know and we're all of a sudden we're watching this storm and i'm like what is what is this we got like a category four out in the gulf i'm like what's going on with this so he's watching it i'm watching it and it's starting to get closer and at one point it's still out in the gulf it becomes a category five which is like the the, the biggest hurricane you can have and i actually contacted the owner of the company and said we can't send this book to press yet because we've got like a historical event happening out here. We, we got to wait on this. So we did. And, you know, Katrina, the, the storm hit, everything happened, you know, down in New Orleans. And uh, the, the author, I couldn't get in touch with him for like two weeks because he lost his house. His house was wiped out in the, in the storm. So he was actually living, you know, on campus in the dorms uh, and didn't have access to, uh, you know, communication for a while. So, but, and the first time I got him on the phone, he was like all excited because he's like, look, because it was like such a, you know, a historic storm. You know, I mean, we're sorry that everything happened with, you know, the people and the, and the, you know, the human part of it, but from the scientific part of it, even though his house got wiped out, he was just like ecstatic because he's like, wow, this is like wonderful. And he's like, and, and I, I said, well, we held the book. We didn't send it to press. He's like, good. I'm going to write an epilogue. We're going to put it in. So, so, so we did, he wrote an epilogue, you know, and put, we, you know, we held the book from going to press and we, and we ended up putting all this information about Katrina that happened like right when we were going to get this thing out to press. Wow, you know, just as we're going here, Don, you're so impressing me with this. You know, my take is getting an individual's story. And yet what you're sharing with me, the publishing industry and then, you know, documenting war and weaponry and storms, this is like the telling of the story from on high of, of how it affects all the individuals. And it's, it's a fascinating uh, alteration of the perspective around story. That's what you're offering me here in a, in a way I'd never considered before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, you know, the publishing is one of those things where this, you know, the story is in the, in the final product, but it's also the story about how you get to the final product. And, and that is sometimes that's a more interesting story than the story that's in the product itself. Well, so, today, I mean, that, that Smash Mouth book on the election, I mean, it, it, it really kind of got panned when it got out there. But the story about how it got pulled together is, is almost a better story than what, what's contained in the book itself. So, Wow, like that's fascinating. And maybe you and I will do some more collaboration going forward with this project because you're, you're waking me up to an awareness that there's, there's an angle on stories that I'd almost never considered before. And... and I'll have to ponder, you know, what we've even what we've even documented here, because that's what you've done. You've like expanded my awareness of angles of stories and how to appreciate not just the story, but actually, as you said, right, like how that story even came to a point of being told or published or shared or written. Right, right. That's it. That's it. Everything has like a different angle to look at things, you know. You know, you could be looking at it from from like fo the 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 forward position, 
or you could look at it from behind okay but there's still a different story of you know what happened in in all of the different aspects so let's let's if you don't mind let's see if we can bring it full circle on on that topic and the way it it shows up for me right now is you know usually my last question as i mentioned to you earlier is you know what advice do you have for for couples who are building together so in this case it's building together a story to be shared and couples to me you know the more i do these interviews don couples are any two any two coming together and co-creating something so like in what you just said could you offer any advice like what what is the advice and maybe it's even like advice to you and i of how does a couple how do two who are building together the sharing of a story but it's different right they have different perspectives as you you mentioned even different time frames of what's being developed in the story how how yeah what advice would you have and i think it taps back into your experience i wrote down you know tr massive transition change innovation problem solving what advice do you have for a couple who's looking to share tell a shared story uh and do that together <laughs> is that a clear enough question <laughs> you kind of you kind of broke up there at the last second but but um because I, I have a sense you've done that you, like you've done it on some of your bigger projects there's there's coming together as you just mentioned with the author over the Katrina storm there's coming together with contributing to the story from different um, almost altitudes of awareness of the bigger picture and and any advice on how to bring that together into a finished product like you've shared off your bookshelf there you know where it all comes together and it makes sense well, I, I think I think the thing uh, with with couples, and and you know going back to to my relationship with Susan, and how we were we were putting things together, um, we she completely supported me through through all of that, and and she had her story of what was happening while we were while I was going through everything. Unfortunately, that story will ne I'll never know of what was happening. But but the thing is, it's a it's a shared story, and and it's different stories. It's her story and it's my story, and like it's not that her story is 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 more important or less important. It's it's a it's a different aspect to the overall whole of our story. So I think I think it comes down to respecting each other's story, integrating both stories into the whole and making it your story as a couple and, and being, um, being able to feed off each other as you're building your stories. So yeah. beautiful, beautiful, Don. I mean, that does that, that brings it full circle. And then, and then the, the the addition that I would I would share with what you've just said is this idea that together we overcome. Like like now you have the sh the story, but how do we share or publish or get out the story in a way that can inspire others toward their own story being developed? And and this idea of overcoming together we overcome because I find oftentimes in our lives, especially as a couple or even in business partnerships, there's always this overcoming. There's something between two human beings of that tension in the story that has to has to be risen above. 
And uh, but you, I mean, you've you've encapsulated it here from your personal experience to your uh, your um, your fiance uh, there, and 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 what 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 you went through just in terms of the whole uh, um, transition and change, and then now you know to to see you pick up. You know, you remind me of the big Encyclopedia Britannicas, right? These big volumes of massive, and now instead we have the internet, right? We have this data system where we can just access and request keyword searches and start accessing maybe, um, you know, it's it's even more of a shared story today because of the internet, isn't it? Do you have any kind of la like last words on that? I think that's what I'm realizing is this laptop that I'm doing this through is now the, the the volume that's so big I can't even carry it. So instead of carrying it, I just have an access point, right? To reach to it in the cloud or in a database somewhere to to further tap the story and contribute in our whatever we social media or we write on a blog or so on or we record with video, right? This adds more and more to an almost overwhelmingly sized story, doesn't it? It does. It does. But it, 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 you always have to remember that that the the transmission platform is is just that it's it's a it's a transmission platform and and we can't use lose the human touch and people are always um like getting so involved in digital and internet and social media and twitter and facebook and 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 the impersonality of some things like just becomes overwhelming at times but but always remember that, you know, that other person that's writing or putting, putting part of your story together, like that's, that's your rock. That's your, that's, that's your sounding board. And like when everything else is going off the rails and going crazy, you always have that other person over there to talk to and, and like, you know, just be there for whenever you need that little, you know, kick or that little that little boost of energy to get things done throughout the course of whatever you're working on so uh, i'm so glad you fit that in because you and i identified that between the two of us we've been doing some business lately and you know we think we know each other but but right until we get deeper into the story of who someone is we're, we're assuming we know someone and what you're mentioning to me now reminds me that you know this human element is an opportunity to uh, to go more in depth with someone and and not assume so much but share in the telling of it in a moment of two people coming together which is what I hope we've done here in terms of what we're now sharing and documenting and further extending to others to remember that you know you said it that the human element I don't think this technology will ever ever uh, come up with a substitute even with virtual reality for two human beings coming together and interweaving their story that's it that's awesome. it right there. Awesome. Thank you, Don. Well, for now, from Norway to Colorado, I, I couldn't thank you enough you know, for the preciousness of your story and hopefully how it will inspire others to, to wake up and, and realize that we, we each have a unique, one-of-a-kind story. You know, what, five or eight billion? I've, I lose the number now, how many are on this planet, but, but there's a unique story to each and every one of us. And, Don, you've, you've delivered it today. Well, thank you. Thank you. And you know, I'm, I, I'm just humbled that uh, you asked me to come on and do this interview. And, you know, I hope I hope it might help other people in um, any way that I can. Just let me know. So, it has. It has definitely left a, a, a hope and an inspiration that, uh, 
Yeah, even though we might not have the old school publishing and, and, and even relationships that are near and dear and precious to us, that, that there is something that's never lost. And I think it, ultimately it's the story, right? It's not even so much what happens or doesn't happen. It's, it really comes down to what we're going to tell about, about our experience. And you've really delivered that today. So thank you so much. All the way from Norway. All the way from Broomfield. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, my God.